Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Hello. Um, my name is Adrian, if you didn't know. Um, I have been coming to Rev for about nine years, which is kind of wild. Um, and I've been working at Rev for about seven. Um, and so just a little bit about me. Um, I manage the food bank. Um, and we've been doing, yeah, uh, food bank's been running since 2012 from Rev. And we've seen thousands of people um, get fed um, through our program. And it's just been an amazing, incredible privilege to do that. Um, And I'm really excited to talk to you today about what I feel like God's laid on our hearts. Um, But I wanted to share um, a picture that I had. Um, Yeah. I would say, I would speak for me and Ruth that we want to see the saints feel really encouraged, but also challenged. And that we want to see the church continue to win. Um, But the picture that I had was um, of... Every year I read Narnia, and um, there's a picture of um, where Aslan is um, going, walking towards his death. He's, he's sacrificing himself for the greater good of, of, of the people, and uh, Lucy and Susan walk with him, um, and they hold dear to him, and they're stroking his fur, and they're walking down, and um, basically they, they see that Aslan um, gets killed, um, and there's grief, and there's sadness, um, and there's that just disbelief, like, what are we going to do? How, how are we ever going to recover? Um, and then Aslan arises. He resurrects, right? And um, you know what Aslan does? Um, he doesn't scold them for saying, oh, you were grieved or that you were upset. He rejoices with them and he tussles with them and he joys with them and he flings them up in the air and they receive this true intimacy that could never have happened if they didn't walk that with him. And I just want to say today that there is pain in life, but there's also joy and God will walk you through that and you're not disqualified for the things that are unseen or unsaid or have been hurting you or, or things that you've come from your past. God knows those things and he walks with you in that and he also rejoices with you when you walk through it and you come out of it. So I just wanted to encourage you guys that um, God is fun. He is like the f- yeah, just the funnest person ever. And he loves you. And I think sometimes we come from a place of he's this intolerant God. Um, and he tolerates us because he made us and we're just here and we exist. But actually, he's always coming from a place of love. Um, so I just want to say that to you guys um, and let you know that God wants to say to you, you belong. And it's time. It's time to return. And he's calling you into real deep intimacy. So I wanted to just say that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) um, Okay, today we're talking about lament. Now, I know that lament sounds like a really old-fashioned word. It feels like, oh, what what is lament? Um, And Ruth and I both felt like God wanted to talk to her. How do we process hard and difficult feelings in a time where there's so much going on in the earth? Um, If you've been around for the last few years... (laughs) We have seen and felt and experienced a wealth of emotions, some good, complex, and just really hard. I want to acknowledge that. It has been an onslaught of grief and heaviness and things we have gone through, just to name a few. COVID, people passing away, George Floyd, redundancy, Ukraine war, the cost of living crisis, the Queen passing, 
band. Let's bring it home, Chris Cabber. Um, and we're seeing, me and Ruth are seeing people who are um, needing our services even more. Uh, for me personally, Food Bank is seeing a huge amount of people coming in, the elderly, pensioners, people who I thought I would never see again and again and again. CAP is inundated with referrals to, to the service. All of this stuff is going on. It is hard. It is difficult. And that's a lot. We have do done this on a multiple levels, corporately and individually. We live in a very broken and messy world. And God says, don't tuck that away. Um, bring it to me. Let me love you there. Let me speak truth. Let me bring life and hope there. And God desires us to process this. And one of the ways we do that is through lament. So what is lament? Um, you know, Google uh, dictionary. Um, a passionate expression of grief or sorrow, a complaint. Uh, expressive passionate grief about or express regret or disappointment and some about something. And as a child of God, lament should lead us to hope in him. Who is God in the midst of this? He is the one that died for us. The one that lifts us up. Psalm 42, it's not on the slide. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He is good at rescuing. And he is good in crisis. And he is so, so good in peace and rest. So will you let him, will you go to him? So what do we do uh, in this place of lament? Like, what is that? Like, lament just feels really distant for me. Why do I want to even engage in that? It's just messy. Um, we confess. We don't just complain about it. We passionately express our disappointment. God knows your heart. He knows that it's sad. He also wants to commune with you in that place. Um, in that place of pain and sadness. He knows that in order to live, you need to shed death. And lament as a process allows that to happen. Have a think. Um, I, while preparing for this, I was just reminded that dead things don't feel. Um, they can't worship. But in him we die and we rise with him and that is a process we will learn again and again until he returns. So when you don't allow yourself to feel things, you miss a chance to grow bigger on the inside. You miss the treasure of God or Abba drawing close, that treasure of comfort and peace and healing and the greatest is love. Who has had a really cruddy thing happen to them? Like, just really, really bad. Um, you're like, I don't have time for this. I've got to tuck it away, and I've got to move forward, and I've got to get this project done. I've got to get this solution. I've fill in the blank. Um, you just carry on. And, oh, you know what? I'll deal with it when I'm done. If you do it, um, and sometimes down the line, maybe it's a week or days or months or even years, um, down the line, you lose it over something that's vaguely familiar or, or not even related. Someone's cut you off or someone's eaten that last biscuit or if you live, <laughs> if you live in that shared house, someone uses the last bit of hot water, you know? <laughs> Those things are opportunities. 
And I want to say that feelings buried alive never die. Especially those things that are big and complex. That overwhelm can be an invite, an opportunity to be carried by Jesus. And will you let him? So when you lose it, and I'm talking about lose it where people are like, do you know Jesus? Maybe you need to give your life back to him. Um, you kind of, in essence, shelve it, right? You shelve that emotion or whatever. I can't deal with it. It's too much. Um, but if you don't return to that shelf, if you don't let him in, then your shelf will be filled with parts of yourself that were meant to grow, draw you closer to him and lead on to hope. The body needs you. Will you try? Will you return? Because the lie is that we would, that would lead you to believe like your flesh or past experience would trick you into thinking that um, there's no coming back for feeling all these emotions. Um, you know, there's no coming back from who I am. But you will sink or be forever changed for the worse if you deal with these emotions. But would you trust our maker? Would you trust the one that knows all and sees the hidden things of your heart and still calls you beloved? He knows what he's brought into. <laughs> he's not surprised that you've you know, tripped or made a mistake. He's not surprised by your past. He calls you higher. He calls you to hope. He will make wrong things right. He will guide your steps. He will make what was meant to destroy you for the good of you, others, and for his glory. So what does lament look like for us as individuals or corporately? What would it look like for us to learn about what that looks like? What does lament look like? Maybe those things that caused us pain would hit differently if we processed it with God, if we lamented, if we gave space for that. It might slip off quicker. It might help us to reconcile that we don't have the answers. Yet he does. I believe our hearts would turn quicker to him. Who can heal us and make things right? To see things that way he does and change the course, move from a place of lament to hope and from, from that to love and from love to action. Hopelessness would leave you stagnant. It would leave you cold or vacant. Hope brings momentum. It leads you to love, openness, to seeing past the trees to open spaces from death to life. Only Jesus can do that. Would you let him? So I'll just leave you with this last bit. To encounter the depths of God, we also need to feel deeply, not navel gaze like woe is me and, and all those things, but um, pour out to him and then look up and see what he's saying and what he can do. And that allows us to be pools of hope shining brightly for what is right and good and heavenly. Lament looks like, for me personally, this summer, my granddad passed away, a really good friend of mine um, announced to me that she's getting a divorce. Um, another friend had really like bad health complications and it was not pretty. If you're my running partners, if you live with me, you would have seen me cry. At food bank, I was crying. At, like, at work, I was crying. In my shower, I was crying. I was just, I was just so heartbroken. It felt so 
bleak. It felt really, really dark. And it's not like the answers came all of a sudden. It's not like, oh, now I feel good and everything's perfect. It wasn't that at all. It was me earnestly coming to him and confessing all this stuff, screaming and shouting and kicking off a big old tantrum before him knowing that he loves me, knowing that he will come through and I promise you he will. He is never late. He is always on time. Honestly, that sounds like a, but he really is. Um, I gave myself permission to be upset. I didn't want to tuck it away. It was a hot mess. Um, also looking out for the things that were I was hopeful for and thankful for. Talking with my running partners, having my friends pray for me, talking to people, processing that stuff. And eventually I was met with compassion and mercy. I felt this overwhelming sense of like this warmth in my heart and I knew that God was drawing close to me because he wanted to commune with me there. He wanted to see what I saw and he felt it too and he knows what it feels like to grieve, to be heartbroken. That's the God that we serve. Um, I'm not saying one is important than the other, like grief, you know, and you'll never get from it or whatever, but I could hold those two things to be true you know, lament, but also hope. He knows and he's been there. And I promise you, Jesus will carry that pain with you. I'm asking you, what does lament look like for you? What if lament enabled you to have a great capacity to hold the conflicts of the earth in a way that isn't crushing, but opportunities for you to love and love well? Um, Think about what, think about that you don't have to have a rough life to kind of have sympathy and empathy for somebody. But people who lament mimic their father and can love well and they can wade in the mud and help people stand on steady ground. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Um, so before I carry on, I've put a note here to introduce myself. Um, so I'm Ruth, um, and I was at Rev for a good seven years before moving a year ago to the church in Bassett Street uh, in Kentish Town. And uh, yeah, I manage the CAP Debt Centre, which uh, Rev oversee um, and run, runs out of Rev. Um, and done that for a good six years. You saw a video earlier, a um, story from a CAP client who's not, not from our area. We were hoping to get one of our clients along, and um, she really wanted to come and share a story but also thank the church because she was like I know that this, the church you know it's because of the church that it's I've been able to become debt free um so we'll get her in another time but um hopefully you're yeah, just seeing kind of uh, Sid's story um, and the impact of CAP you've got a kind of better idea of of um what CAP is and how it works and kind of uh, what it looks like for us here in Camden as well as I'm not sure where he was but um yeah around the country and and yeah CAP are working through many churches all, all around um, the UK. It was amazing. Last week, we were up in York with all of the CAP centres, and you're kind of like, wow, this is, this is the church um, on mission, all, all happening over the UK, bringing, bringing hope wherever they are. Um, so 
yeah, Adrian's opened up amazingly, and um, we just want to unpack a bit more what does lament look like. Um, so I'm going to look at one of the Psalms. Um, the Psalms are full of lament. If you're not sure what lament is, go to the Psalms, go to the prophets. Um, there is just so many examples. I was looking at Hannah this week, um, just in the in the Old Testament, and like, wow, they knew how to lament. Um, and I think it's something we need to we need to relearn as the church, especially in the West here. Um, so I'm going to just look at Psalm five. It was actually in the video. Um, and just look at the first three verses. I think it's up. Yeah. Um, so, listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. For you and. Sorry, what's going on? Um, so. Yeah, before we kind of unpack those verses, I just want to look in verse 2, like, who who is it that he is bringing his lament to? Um, And it says, uh, my king and my God. That is who we bring our lament to. If you're kind of here like, oh, this is a lot to bring to, but actually um, it's acknowledging deep faith in the midst of our deep pain. Um, that it, that's the difference, as Adrian said, become kind of between just despairing and lamenting. We're coming from that point of faith because we're kind of because of who we're bringing our cry to. Um, it's because that we trust God and we know that he is safe and he is good and he is kind and he is loving and he is just. That's why we can come to him. And there is such safety in that and then coming to him in that place. Um, but also knowing that he is king. <laughs> he is above all of things. He is sovereign. He is good. Um, and we know he's faithful. So why would, we not, why would we not bring it to him and kind of just come to his feet and carry our burdens to him um, because he is faithful? Um, and as Adrian says, uh, there's so much going on around us right now that um, just like as a nation um, that we can feel pain about. Um, there is so much to be frustrated about. There's so much to be grieving about. Um, and that's not even, yeah, taking your personal uh, situation into account. Um, the cost of living crisis, seeing how that's affecting people, kind of hearing about the, the budget that's coming through and actually how things uh, are not necessarily the best for those who are the most vulnerable and the most needy and most in need of help. Um, and we kind of see that and it's, we should be despairing about that. Um, and I think it's so important for us as a church to look around and to, to engage with these things. Um, I think it's so easy to kind of head down, well, my life's all right, or, uh, you know, it's not actually affecting me that much. Um, but as a church, we need to engage with that. We need to take our blinkers off and see what's going on. Uh, but we've got to be prepared that with that comes pain um, because it's a broken world that we're looking at. Um, and maybe you're sitting here right now and you're thinking, I don't need to look around. I don't need to engage to see the pain. Actually, right now, I'm in the midst of crisis. I'm in the midst of pain. Um, maybe that's job stuff. Maybe that's with family. Maybe that's health. Um, and actually, for you right now, bringing lament, that's exactly where you're at. It's very easy to pull that out. Or maybe you're here and you're a bit surprised about this and you're thinking, yeah, things are okay. I can see it's happening, but it's not affecting me. It's not affecting my heart. Um, and maybe God is looking, asking you to, to look around the room right now and to see those people who are feeling that. Or maybe he's asking you as well to look beyond the walls of this school and to see what's going on in the communities around us and the, the, the pain and the brokenness um, and to let it affect you because it should. Um, like in the Bible, it says, care for the poor, remember the poor. Uh, we should care for the widows and the orphans. We should weep with those who weep. 
Um, this needs to start with our hearts before we start looking into action. Um, so he comes, he comes, and he says, yeah, God, hear my cry for help. And then the next thing he does is he says, I lay my request before you, verse 2. Um, and it says in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. And I was thinking about that, and like, it's obviously not just in the morning that God hears our voices. There's this peak time where we can come bring our requests, um, and he's listening more attentively. But actually, it's that we have to go through the pain of the night. We have to go through that, that crying, that just like, there's no words, it's just pain right now. And then in the morning, maybe, actually, I know now, I've sat with it, I can articulate what is that pain, and I can bring it before him, and I can say, this is it, Lord, this is what I'm complaining about, this is what I want you to do. Um, so what is that for you? What is it that you want to articulate to God? What is it you need to articulate and do it? Um, do you want to see people set free from debt in our communities? Then pray it. Do you want to see people set free from addiction? Then pray it. Do you want to see uh, people able to afford food for their families? Then pray that. Bring them and be specific before God. And then verse 3, it says, and wait, he waited expectantly. Um, and I love this because I think this is just kind of the crux of where lament is different to despair um, because he's not looking around and kind of like, oh, gosh, we are in a rough place. This is it. It's just going to go from bad to worse now, isn't it? Um, Maybe there's a bit of that. But actually, we're coming before the God who is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords, um, who cares so deeply about the pain and the mess, who entered into the pain and the mess. Jesus came. Um, he lived. He loved. He healed. He fed people. He saw people. And then, um, you know, he went to the cross because he made people so mad um, about the way he was challenging the structures because he was um, doing things that weren't how they did things then. Um, and he took our sin and he took our mess and he took our brokenness and he died. But then he defeated death and he um, just allowed the way so that we can come and we can repent and we can have life. And that is the God that we, we come before and we wait expectantly for. Like Easter, we celebrate at Easter, and I think that's such a good example. Friday, there's, there's grief, there's pain. We're acknowledging Jesus' death, but we know that Sunday's coming. There's <laughs> that great video, isn't there? Um, we know, and Brooke was paying it earlier, you know, like we do not, um, we're not, we have to believe in the, it's because of the cross and because of that, that hope we have that we're here today. Otherwise, what did he say? We're just a load of fools singing. That's essentially it. This is what it all hangs upon, and that is why we can have hope. Um, but this declaration of waiting on God is a good reminder. Um, it's not all down to us to fix everything, that actually we're calling upon God, we're calling upon Jesus. Uh, but it doesn't just let us off the hook to kind of sit back and be like, all right, I'm waiting now. Um, we're actually called to a real uh, active waiting um, and a call to, it's a call to act, really. Um, we're not just left off the hook. Our lament is a call for the church to look outwards and to fight, even when things seem really overwhelming and change seems impossible. Um, we cling to that gospel hope and the sovereignty and the justice of God, and we keep persevering. That's why we keep going into homes with CAP. That's why we keep, um, even when it kind of feels like there is so much need, actually, we have hope and we have this um, amazing story of what Jesus has done that we can bring that is even better than people going debt-free. It's even better than people being fed. Um, we can take that gospel message. Um, and I think it's, it's quite, it's easier to preach this stuff 
um, than to live it. And there have been times with CAP where I've like, actually, I'm like, actually, I'm not affected. I've been into this home, seen this situation, but I've come away and I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Um, and then it's kind of easy to be like, well, is that just, you know, is that good protecting me? Is that like, I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not burnt out? And I think sometimes it is a bit of that. But then I think other times, God really has to challenge me and like, actually, um, you need your heart to be broken for this. You need your heart to be engaging with this pain in a way that calls you to call upon me, calls you to feel that pain and despair and be like, this is not okay, to get angry, to get um, emotional about it, not for the sake of it, but so that I call upon God and I depend on him. And I say, we need you to act in this situation. We need you. We cannot do this alone. Um, and to come into situations, because um, he, de- he desires our hearts um, and dependency on him above everything else. Um, so many things. What does that look like? Um, it is a call to act, and it involves our time, involves our energy. Maybe it's reevaluating money. Maybe it's budgeting in a different way. Um, going on the cap money course, um, talk to prayer, um, so that you can you can give more, or you can uh, serve like in that way with your money, not just so that you've got enough for yourself, but actually, how can I be more generous? If you want to get involved with CAP, please come and speak to me. Um, we always need people coming along on visits, getting involved. Um, always need people praying. Me and Adrian so need prayer. Um, and we so need the church to really get behind everything that, that CAP and Food Bank and other ministries are doing. Um, and I just want to end as well. It also means it looks like speaking up um, for those who are in need. And something that God's been stirring my heart for like, recently is like actually... I'm not interested in politics, haven't been interested in politics before, but actually God's like, it's so important to care about the one, but actually there are bigger systems and structures in place that if they're not in line with the God's kingdom, then we need to like, okay, well, how, what should this look like? We need to um, do our homework and say, um, yeah, the blinkers off, picture as a whole, how can I get involved, even if it feels like very overwhelming. What can I do? I know nothing about this, but actually I think it's seeking the welfare of our city. Um, That's what God God says to do. Um, And I think we need to kind of grapple with that more personally, but maybe as a church on the whole as well. Um, Yeah. So who are we? We are the body. And if you look at Acts 4, 33, 35, it says, With great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerful at work in them all that there were no need, there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from their sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. So what does that look like? It's asking a bit of an inconvenient question, isn't it? What need is in the room? We are that answer. Um, we as a church are committed to Mercy Ministries through the vehicles of CAP and Food Bank. And make it happen guys (laughs) you know book that half day off come and see what food bag's all about be a part of that solution pray for us on thursdays um connect with ruth and i about becoming befrienders um speak up for those that are broken speak up to those that don't have a voice um 
they need you, we need you. Um, you need to look and uh, you need to look at this situation and not turn away. Um, you need to allow lament to move to hope and then be a part of making that hope alive moving forward to love. And it looks like that someone's coming round to your house and, and making soup for you. Or it looks like helping your neighbour like paint that room that they can't do by themselves. It, it looks different for all of us, but I'm calling, we're calling you, we're challenging you to start looking at what God's knocking on your heart about. Because the people need you. Hope, hope is needed in this place. Um, and just, like, just to name a few things that we're seeing at Food Bank... Um, Recently, a couple months ago, a lady came into food bank and she was in distress and she was really upset and somebody was able to talk to her, to her and we found out that her daughter had run away from home. And my volunteer, the most unlikely person, she's so shy, really, she's chatty, but she's shy. Um, and she's like, oh, c can we pray with, with you? And she called people over. She was like, um, anybody who believes in Jesus and believes in prayer, come over here and let's pray for this woman. And so we, we, we prayed and she left. She was with tears in her eyes. She was like, thank you so much. Like, we've done everything. We've called the police. We've asked people to, to tell us where she is and nothing. Uh, the following week, she came back and she said, my daughter returned the next night. And I was just like, wow, God, you brought solution. You brought hope into that woman's life. And so she got a food parcel and that covered something really practical but man her daughter returned how amazing is that you know and since then she's come to our food bank a couple more times and people keep on speaking to her and encouraging her and inviting her to church god is good he's amazing we get to invite people and invite people in to meet him showing him who he is and so her uh, lament leads on to hope and, you know, like, Cap, we've seen two people debt-free already, like, this year. And I'm like, what? It's amazing. Do you know what that speaks to people in desperation and in crisis? It's incredible. And so we get to be a part of that. And I just want to encourage you, you get to be a part of that. Okay. I'm just going to pass it on to Steph. so much adrian and rufus absolutely amazing um this is going to be a mini mini sermonette all right so i don't want to uh, accidentally take away by adding more um, but we just felt it was really important for one of the elders to just stand up and really endorse what's being said today that we really um we really want to own and get behind um not just not just these two specific mercy ministries but that god would help us to be more like him <laughs> that's the point and i was just just struck by you know the story of the, the prodigal son you've got a father that's been really hurt and no doubt has been lamenting day and night and then when his son returns it says this it just says while he was still a long way off his father number one saw him do do we see the poor of course we all do with with our eyes more and more you you can't walk down a high street without being asked for something multiple times but do we actually see the person it says then he says he felt compassion so we see the person we actually feel compassion but don't jump to the cynical conclusion you know 
we actually allow our hearts to be moved. It's already been said. And then he ran, action. Then he embraced him, loved him. And then he kissed him. That's, that's, that's very relational. <laughs> and, you know, the, and you, when you look at it, you go, well, isn't that amazing? You go, yeah, but that's what the Lord's done for us. Like, that's exactly, God saw us in, our, in the muck and the mire. He felt compassion. He moved towards us. He's embraced us through the gospel. And he's showered us with the kisses of fatherhood. That's what he's done. And so it really is just a case of freely have received, freely give. Um, and I really just, that's all we really want to just say. This is, this is about living out the gospel. Um, Jesus said, you'll always have the poor among you. This isn't primarily about problem solving. Okay, because the, the, the issues that lead to broken lives in, are, are caused by so many different factors. Okay, so it's not, if we do this, everything's going to be perfect. That's not the case, but that's not the point. That's not the point. This isn't about making everything perfect. What this is about is loving people well because we've been loved well. And not getting so caught up in our own pain and difficulty that we don't notice the difficulties other people are walking through. Amen. Yeah. So just wanting to just really get on the back of what these ladies have, have brought us, endorse them, uh, what God's put on their heart, and just the health of it. This lament and hope, so so helpful. Some of us are in seasons of lament, and to just totally engage with that. But we know that it's not very different from despair. Praise God. <laughs>